Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the, dis- the uh, show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today, we're going to have a guest on that we've had on once before. Yeah, a good friend of mine, George Atkinson, who played with the Oakland Raiders back in the 19, late 60s to, to late 70s, a defensive back who was a regular, played on those great Raider teams that uh, were in the championships every year and won the Super Bowl, finally, in 1976, so... George is 70 years old or 70 years young, yeah, yeah. depending on your point of view, and he's got some great stories to tell, so he's going to talk a little pro football with us. He's a pretty sharp character, too. For a guy that took a lot of hits and gave a lot of hits, yeah. I mean, he's not a big guy, six foot, uh, as you mentioned, six foot, 180 pounds, and, uh, but he, every ounce of strength and every little pound, uh, he, he threw yeah. like his body like a missile at some people. Lynn Swan will tell you that, <laughs> the and, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, and uh, the fact that the game has changed, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that, too, it because has, back has. in his day, you know, he, I mean, you can they see let a lot he more, gets They a lot let a lot more, more go in yeah. his day. But, again, players were smaller. Um, and George was never going to like me saying this, but and they were great athletes. They they knew more about the game, but they weren't. I don't think they were quite as fast, nor were they as strong because the guys today have the advantage of all this sophisticated uh, training, and they're doing it twenty four seven. They're not. They don't have to go to off field uh, jobs in the you know during the uh, summer months no. and and late uh, spring. Good point. Yeah. All right. So uh, when we come back, we're going to have George Atkinson on. Uh, I want to let everyone know this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are still currently yielding over 7.5%. In fact, the last distribution was at almost 9%. Mm. Secured by real estate at less than 60% loan to value. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. You really got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Let them know your friends at Sports Econ 101. Uh, told you about it, and then they'll uh, they'll let us know. They'll so give they'll, you a call. They'll give us a call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. All right. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com for more information. If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Avantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Avantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a 15 hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-550-0867. That's 800-550-0867. 800-550-0867. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Good friend of mine and a guy I watched uh, play from 1968 through 1977 with the Raiders. That wasn't the entirety of his NFL career, but was the bulk of it. George Atkinson, 10-year pro with that great Oakland Raider team that uh, won so many uh, Western Division titles and was in a Super Bowl. And, and George... Uh, George is, is not a young man anymore, neither am I, but we, we, we have our memories. And, George, I want to talk about the here and the now, but, man, you played during a time that I still think a lot of us older folks, and the, and the younger kids too, really appreciate it. The 1970s was really, to me, the, the epitome of what pro football was all about. What was it like playing at that time? You know, it was an enjoyment playing at that time because competition was stiff, as you remember, the teams we played uh, – we're always in the hunt. 
Pittsburgh, uh, in our division, Kansas City, and sometimes Denver. But uh, the thing is that, you know, football today has been watered down somewhat. Uh, when we played, it was real contact. And that's what people came out to see. And we didn't have as many rules, and we still scored points. And, uh, you know, we provided entertainment to the fans. That's what they came to see is good, hard-nosed football. And that's what we tried to provide them. You know, I want to ask you, because, you know, everyone remembers you as being, you know, tough, which you are and, and were. Uh, but I also remember Ben Davidson, Gen- Gentle Ben, they called him. Uh, and he, he was, you know, he was known for being a little bit of a dirty player, but kind of a kind of a gruff guy, too. Uh, did, did Was he off the field, on the field the same way? Say again? What Was uh, Ben Davidson, like what you off see on the field? field? Yeah, off the field. Was he kind of the same way? Oh, man, General Ben was a good name yeah. for him, you know. <laughs> and off the, field, off the field, he was gentle. On the field, a different story. You know, he had, you, you have to be able to turn, you know, switch it off when you leave the field. Because other than that, I mean, you go through society running through people all day long, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you have to have almost a split personality in order to play the game because on the field – it's survival of the fittest. Off the field, you live a normal, everyday life, and you you can't walk around with shoulder pads and head gear off. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and I wonder, I was just going to say, you know, I wonder, you know, you always hear these stories about, you know, guys biting each other and fingers in the eyes and stuff like that. And I don't know if that goes on as much today, you know, because it seems oh. like they have so many refs and, and everything that uh, it's a little bit gentler. Plus these guys, you know, when I put on the silver and black, I had no friends on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys today, you know, they have same agents. And they're marketing their brand. So they're more friendly. They they shake hands when we knock players. Back when, when we played, we would knock players down. We wouldn't shake their hand, <laughs> you know. And these guys, uh, uh, it's a different generation, different game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More money's involved, so. You know, you get the theatrics and everything else. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned about having the same agent and how that, you know, might kind of ease the relationship a bit. Uh, I mean, what happened in your day, though? Didn't some of you guys... We didn't need an agent. If we oh, had an agent, yeah. we wouldn't have no money. Yeah. <laughs> By the time they got their percentage out. So it's like the reason they call them brokers is because they leave yeah. you broke, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're being your own purpose. You know, I negotiated all my contracts with Al Davis. And I negotiated them based on my performance compared to other players and what they were getting yeah. paid. And at that time, you, you, if we discussed among ourselves, even guys on other teams, you know, what the pay scales were. Huh. And uh, so we had an idea. I'm at the top of my game, then I'm going to ask for whatever the top player in the league is getting, if I'm playing equally as well. And um, there was never a problem with me negotiating my contract. You know, George was not Nowadays, super- you got to have an agent. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I was going to say, George was not a superstar, but he was a solid, everyday player, and he was a terrific punt returner. People forget this, unless you're a longtime Raider fan. George, tell us a little bit about your debut in 1968. I remember watching this game. You're playing at Buffalo. You were a rookie at a little Morris Brown University, and you had quite a debut against the Buffalo Bills in your first game in the silver and black uniform. Yes, I did. Set an NFL record. Uh, 
205 yards on five returns and a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> One game. So, yeah. yeah, I had a heck of a debut. And, you know, in and, Buffalo, I'm always I'm always beholding the Buffalo. And I guess back in those days, you couldn't just stop and, and uh, look at Al Davis and go, okay, we're going to renegotiate that contract <laughs> <No>. right now. <laughs> but you know what? You know what Al would always do, and I, he did it for me, and I'm sure he did it with other players. If you had... Midway through the season, if you were having a good year, you would automatically leave an envelope in your locker. Hmm. That's great. I like that. Yeah, Al Davis was loyal to a fault. Uh, I was lucky enough as a young reporter to be able to travel with you guys a few times. I remember his right-hand man was a guy named Al Locasal, who was Al Locasal. Yeah, Al has also passed along from the scene, and Al did a lot of – he was Al Davis's right-hand man in a lot of ways. He wore a lot of hats, and he was nice enough to, to let me tag along on these, on these flights sometimes. And so I got to you know get a, a sense of, of, of what you guys were all about in those years, and the thing that struck me most about the Raiders and about all teams at that time is you mentioned it earlier, and, and Edward alluded to it, that there wasn't a lot of player movement. So, so players, uh, teams had an identity, and, and that's missing today. Yeah. Well, yeah, free agency. Yeah. Free agency created the movement. You know, I played with the same core guys for 10 years. Wow. You know, and I started for 10 years. Well, when did the players' union get, like, really formed? Yeah, and now you got collective bargaining. You got on it. Yeah. I mean, just so many rules now until it's unbelievable. But they didn't have free agency then, and you know when free agency came along, it gave guys an opportunity to move around and demand more money, and um, you know that's one of the big changes. So I'm wondering, like, I assume you you, you watch the football games, right? I mean, some some guys they'll, they'll just like walk away from it completely. But you watch the games, don't you? Certainly, I do. Okay, and then how do you, when you're watching them, you know what is kind of going through your mind when you see certain plays? And again, with with the rules have changed, being so gentle, you know, uh, you know how you would have hit. Hmm. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> I would love to play in this era. First of all, the money is great. Yeah, <laughs> I would have. I would be right at the top of the pay scale. Yeah, comes to that. Uh, I watch it day uh, as entertainment because it's a lot of elements of the game were that were present when we played, not present now. First of all, the tackling. Uh, second of all, techniques are horrible. I don't. I, I, I yeah. watch defensive backs and I say to myself, "Man, they're paying this guy all this money." I, I wonder about that too. I, it's like, what are their arms for? They always seem to like throw a shoulder to try to push a guy out. It's I mean, like, that, that's just you're I, supposed to I, wrap him up. It's angry. Because these guys put their headgear behind, and I guess it's because of rule changes. I don't know. They put their headgear behind the, the target instead of uh, uh, in the targets. For now, I guess you call it midsection. You know, uh, when we played, we target the whole body. But yeah, I guess steering and proper all that angle. Yeah. You, know, you can't tackle a guy if he's running forward. Your yeah. head's behind him, and you try and tackle him, and you see that a lot. I was going to say, though, George, to be fair, these athletes today, they spend all of their time getting prepared, and they are amazing athletes, and they do, you know, they're faster and bigger and stronger, and they do hit a lot harder than you guys do in terms of just the, oh, the, the physics. But the, Well, I'm just saying they hit, they hit harder. They're not allowed to hit as hard, but when they do yeah. hit, I mean, like I saw Amari Cooper take a shot the other day, and it was like, shoot. That's because he ducked his head. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, well, you can't do. But what I'm saying is, you see more miss. I, I was watching the uh, game uh, Thursday night. 
I guarantee you, within one quarter, I saw five, six, seven missed tackles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should just change the game to two-hand touch like we did when we were kids. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you look at the whole dynamic of today's game compared to when we played. It's all together different. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, technique and fundamentals yeah. out the window. First thing, I, you know, I watch corners and faces. And, well, I, I see guys playing man-to-man. The first thing they do is, Turn sideways and try to run with the receiver. Well, all the receiver's going to do is play behind your back when you do that bail technique, they call it. Yeah. Hey, George, you got a, you got a few more minutes or are you, are you busy? Because we'd love to talk just a few more minutes if it's possible. Uh, a few more. Okay. okay. Let's take all a right. quick break. All right. And quick, then George- quick break, and yeah. we're going to come right back with George. Okay, here's our first trivia question. Who was the first left-handed quarterback elected in the Hall of Fame? Good That's question. That's our question. Don't okay. touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. 800-823-9940. 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a TOCO plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call TOCO at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. We are talking about the NFL Hall of Fame. Who was the first left-handed quarterback elected into the Hall of Fame? I'm going to let George take a stab at that, and then I'll try. George, you have any idea who the first left-handed quarterback was? Uh, Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler? No. No, it was somebody no. before that. No. Is that right? No, obviously it was before Ken Stabler. No. No? No. Isn't that funny? Well, wait a sec. Ken Stabler was elected last year. I know. Or two years ago. Someone else was elected. Before. Oh, oh! I, I thought you meant playing before. Okay. I, yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. He played, okay. after, he played after Ken. Go ahead. Who was it? Steve Young. Oh, Steve Young. Steve Young, for crying out loud. You ever heard of him? Yeah. yeah. I cover, covered the entirety of his career in, in San Francisco. You know, we're talking to George Atkinson, the former Oakland Raider, and George was just, we were just telling a story. George lives in Livermore, which is, if you're familiar with the Bay Area, is, is on the outskirts, you know, right on the outskirts of the Bay Area. It's a nice little town kind of out in the valley on the east side of San Francisco Bay. But in the off season, you grew up in a small town in Georgia along the coast, Savannah, Georgia. Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up, George, playing football, and I'm assuming you played during the second, you know, things were being integrated, but there was still a lot of segregation going on when you were a kid. Uh, A ton of segregation. Uh, None of the schools that are open in the southeast now, black athletes were open to us during the time I came along. That's why you had so many players uh, coming out of small schools, the Gramblings and Hmm. Florida A&M's and uh, Tennessee State. Uh, You look at Ross's during my era, it was loaded with players coming out of the small black colleges because, first of all, good football. Second of all, you had a ton of speed uh, in that league, and guys were fundamentally sound. Mm. So the scout scouted the South when I uh, was coming up. They scouted the small black schools. And you look at the Hall of Fame list. You look at the Hall of Fame list, it's mounted with uh, small college players. No question. I mean, George went to a little school called Morris Brown, which was in Atlanta. Art Shell, I'm trying to remember where he went. I think it was some school in Maryland. Maryland Eastern Shores. Maryland Eastern Shores. Gene Upshaw, who played alongside Art Shell, also in the Hall of Fame, went to a little school in, where was it? Texas. uh, Alcorn State, I think. No, no, no. Upshaw went Texas Tech, I think. Texas Tech, okay. Willie Brown went to Grambling. Willie Brown went to Grambling, yeah. Um, Warren Wells went to... Uh, Texas Southern, was it? Texas Southern, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look, Buck Buchanan, you uh, were from Grambling. I mean, you look through all the rosters in that old AFL, and it was, that's how the old AFL built yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small college players with speed, and you remember... Uh, the crowd of AFL was go deep. I loved the AFL. I was a huge fan, and of course, I was a huge fan of the Raiders before they became, you know, known nationally as this bad boy team. This is back in the '60s when Al Davis was coaching them, and you joined them at a time when they were just starting to become good. As a matter of fact, your rookie year, you played against Joe Namath and the New York Jets in the AFL in the AFL Championship. And if you guys had won that game, you almost did. Joe Namath never would have become as famous as he did. That's for sure. I had a pick in that game, as a matter of fact. We lost that game on, uh, we were driving for the winning score, and LaMonica threw it behind Charlie Smith. And uh, they recovered it, and the game was over. We were on the 10-yard line, first and 10. Mm. That happened. 
That, that's so that's how close that year we came. But you mentioned Savannah. Savannah is not such a small town. It, it, Savannah is not that small town, huh? Not anymore, anyway. Savannah's a, a nice, thriving town. Wow. Okay. With a lot of history, you know. Oh, I bet it. I bet it does. And your family is all from there, so you have a lot of relatives back that's there. And home. yeah, yeah. Georgia, you are a Georgia boy, aren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can you can take the country out of George, but you can't take George out of the country. <laughs> can't, can't take the country out of boy. Oh boy. Hey, listen, George. We called George kind of spur of the moment. I want to wish you the best of holidays. You've been one of the good guys we've dealt with over the years, and you're still doing some work on the Raider broadcast. So I want to just uh, send out a shout out to you and your family. Your boys are uh, George. Tell us a little bit about your sons before we let you go, because you got two sons. One is playing with Kansas City, and the other guy's trying to get into coaching. Yeah, he's trying to get into coaching. He wants to coach. Uh, right now he has a job temporarily, but his aspiration is to get back into football, get uh, going as a coach. He got his degree from Notre Dame, and he's working on math. That's uh, my son Josh. And as you said, George is in Kansas City. Kansas City. Wow. Well, uh, listen, George. Uh, sure, thanks again, George, for uh, joining us. Uh, no problem. On. Yeah, appreciate it, man. You have a great holiday. You too. All right, George Atkinson, the one and only. They used to call you know Jack Tatum was known as yeah. as the hitman, and George Atkinson was probably just as tough. Yeah. They were a great pair of safeties, and it was scary. Lynn Swan took a lot of punishment from George, but you know something, George had to give it out to him because Mel Blunt beat up Cliff Branch pretty badly and and knocked around Fred Boletnikoff. and so it was tit for tat in those days. You had yeah. to stand up for your guys. Well, not only that, but. You know, if you play really tough, it's the same thing like Ronnie Lott, right? But guys were scared to go over the middle. Well, that's the whole purpose. It's yeah. intimidation. You know, it, it, uh, wide receivers are probably the most vulnerable athletes because once they're out in the open, in the middle of the field, you know, they can get hit by linebackers. They can get hit by defensive backs. And there's nothing more scary than, you know, you're trying to concentrate on catching the ball and yeah, you don't know exactly. this guy is lining you up in his, you know, in yeah, his crosshairs. protect yourself, really. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm... <laughs> It's a dangerous sport. It always has been. It's more dangerous. I think it's more dangerous. George will disagree with me, but I think it's more dangerous today because of the size and speed of the athletes. It's a simple matter of physics. Guys are bigger, stronger, faster, and the joints are, yeah. you know, that hold their arms and legs and knees and back the together are the way. same oh, size. Same. Well, I was just looking here. He, he was only six foot, 180 pounds. Yeah, no, but he was yeah. a missile. I, yeah. Pound for pound, George Atkinson was one of the toughest. And as I said, he wasn't an all star, but he was a set. Uh, he played every game. For almost 10 years. Broke his leg against uh, the Rams in 77. And I remember a guy named Lester Hayes took over for him. Oh, yeah. Who later became a great player. And Lester got burned for a touchdown later in that game by Harold Jackson. I was along the sidelines at that game at the L.A. Coliseum. And the Raiders ended up losing that game. They ended up losing the AFL championship that year or AFC championship after winning the Super Bowl the year before because they didn't have George Atkinson, they didn't have Phil Villapiano, and they missed a couple other guys who got hurt, and that's part of the game. Yeah, he actually was an all-star twice Yeah, in back 68 and 69. 68 and 69 yeah. with the old AFL, which yeah. I think was just as good as the NFL, and it obviously was because in 1970 the two leagues merged. Monday yeah, Night Football yeah. came along, and the NFL has been you know, king of the hill ever since. Hmm. It really has. Yeah, I, I remember watching uh, George and kind of – 
cringing because <laughs> I knew he that like like I said he was a missile. You know, you I, I can tell you this hard. much: I interviewed him a couple times as a player, and he, he wasn't nearly as genial or as friendly. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of a tough dude, and uh, you know, not not that gentle or easygoing with, with strangers in the media. Although he was okay, very bright guy, as you can tell. Yeah, oh, yeah. But but George tells me he's taken. So many hits over the years and delivered so many hits that some days he gets up and he looks out the window and the, the light is bright and it gives him a headache. He writes everything down in a book because he forgets things, because his memory is affected. And yet you listen to him talk and he actually has got Very most clear. of his marbles oh, yeah. together. But I some mean, of these guys. So man, he, he, does he not have the CTE? He may have a different form of it. Everybody is affected yeah. by it differently. Everybody's body is different. Well, I mean, and he is seventy. I mean, it's not. He's, like he's seventy 30. years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's uh, he's doing okay. I think the thing that holds George together, uh, he took good care of himself. He had a strong family, and he had a uh, he played on a great team with an owner, Dal Davis, who took care of him. A lot of ball players don't get that. Don't have I that. forgot to ask him if he had a job outside of football. I'm sure he did. I, I don't, you know, I can't answer that because I don't remember right off the top of my head. But I'm sure, you know, in those days, a, a pro athlete of his caliber was probably making around in the in the mid 70s, probably 60, 70 grand, maybe 80. That doesn't sound like a lot, but in those days, it oh, was, was a lot. Was a lot yeah. yeah, that and was if a you lot were of money. Smart with your money, you know. You well, he's been wisely. He's raised a family. You know, he's doing okay. Doesn't live high in the hog, but like he said. Uh, Today's athletes make a lot more money because of free agency. Back in those days, you know, you had to negotiate the contract. You had to go in and talk to Al Davis. And Al Davis was fair, but he was tough. You know, he, yeah. he was not – everybody seems to think Al Davis had lots and lots of money. You've got to remember, Al didn't own the Raiders uh, outright until the 1980s when they moved to L.A. Uh, he eventually bought up everything. And, and pretty, he's still – actually, even to this day, Mark Davis, his son, doesn't own the ball club outright. I think there are some other – part-time mm-hmm. owners involved but I, but uh, I like the idea that you know again being fair but being tough mm-hmm. and in the middle of a season if you're doing well suddenly there'd be an envelope and you didn't yeah. see how much but you yeah. know i i appreciate that's that. old really school do. that's old school man I, I unfortunately today that doesn't exist of course i i wonder if you're having a lousy season if suddenly well, there's an empty envelope in there with a note saying deposit some money in I, I hate to sound cynical but we're so venal that's a word i use it's venal? it's a venal that means that you're 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 obsessed with money oh oh gotcha. and it's not a good thing and i realize that that we you know people have it's a survival thing but it's taken us i think as a country down down the bad road sure. and uh well, guys I, I like really Will th- Clark used to say he'd play even if he didn't get paid. Now, I don't know, you know how, how real well, that is, you know, to I, some degree. I got into broadcasting. I didn't get into broadcasting to make money. I really? Did a, no, of course not. They, of course not. <laughs> Christ, would I be doing this show with you? Come on. They don't, no. pay, they don't pay you the no, big bucks? No, no, I, you know, I no. I have never made six figures in broadcasting. Never. Wow. No. Ever, ever, and it's not. I'm not saying that proudly. I'm just saying it's. No, you know, history. I'm a journeyman. Uh, I'm a guy that's worked in this business for 43 years. I've had a lot of jobs in radio and TV. I worked in New York. I worked in Seattle. I worked in Eureka, California, and Auburn, California. But I'm, uh, you know, I love what I do, and I think if you love what you do, that's more important than making money. If you can, you have to make money to to survive. And if you have a yeah. family, you have to have enough to pay the bills. Six but, figures, though. I mean. No, you know, I've never do, made do, I've never do, made six figures. You know never many, once in my career. Do you never. know how many hours I have to work to make six figures? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, seriously, I'm, 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 I'm being serious here, though. You know, well, six I mean, figures with the decimal point. Yeah. yeah when, when I was freelancing from 1982 to 1988, before I got hired at KNBR, and I worked for a ton of radio networks and filled in at local TV and radio. I, I had a lot of free time to enjoy myself as well. But I, you know, I worked maybe 220 days a year. 
And, you know, I was making 25, 30 grand a year, and that was plenty. I, my rent yeah, was like 225 that. in San Francisco for a two bedroom house. Not and, uh, bad. Yeah. So you kept a long term rent on well, that one. Well, you know, try, the cost of living wasn't so ridiculous. All right, here's our second <laughs> trivia question Who was the first Miami Dolphin inducted into the Hall of Fame oh, who spent question. his entire career with the Dolphins? That's and his the entire question. career. Okay. All right, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice? Don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-550-0867. That's 800-550-0867. 800-550-0867. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. Call now. That's 800-587-4281. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question, who was the first 
Miami Dolphin inducted into the Hall of Fame who spent his entire career with the Dolphins. I'm going to say Nick Bonacani, the great linebacker. Yeah, no, um, I guess he did spend his whole career. Because I, I know so. Larry Zonka ended up going to the Giants. Yeah, and I, and I think um, I Paul think Warfield Nick, Nick Bonacani also has had some, you know, he's facing some major health issues now, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. I read that in yeah. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Well, well, he was a linebacker, you know. <laughs> no, um, actually, Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy, He spent really? his entire career with the Dolphins. Yeah, well, I know he did. I just didn't think, uh, well, I guess, you know, he's a he's a more in a more glamorous position, so naturally, you know, the quarterbacks usually get yeah. get in there. But Nick Bonacani, I would have thought, would have been the guy, well, you know, again, uh, no, the timeline. No, because it's a no-name defense, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that was, that was no no-name defense, believe me. Oh, yeah. That was a great defense. <laughs> yeah, think about well, the Dolphins. They were really balanced. They had terrific... Uh, you know, skilled players like Paul Warfield, and you mentioned Larry Zonka okay. and Mercury, Mercury Morris, Morris, you know, and, yeah. and Bob Howard, Greasy. Howard Twilley. Howard Twilley. And then Sam on defense, and defense, you had guys like Manny Fernandez yeah. and Nick Bonacani. And, you know, Manny you know, Fernandez, you know how strong he was? That uh, guy could bench press 575 pounds. I saw him once in the Sea of Hands game, and a yeah. few people out there going, what, what's that? Well, that was the greatest, probably the greatest uh, – pro football playoff game I've ever seen. The Raiders dethroned the two-time defending champion Dolphins on a last-second catch by Char- a guy named uh, Clarence Davis, oh, yeah. and it was an amazing catch. Anyway, some fans came on the field and were given a couple of the Dolphins uh, defenders a hard time, and Manny Fernandez all, all but killed this guy. I mean, he, just, <laughs> he, he hammered the guy with a kind of a straight arm, and two of his teammates had to hold him back, and, of course, the cops came along and pulled this guy away. The guy was drunk, so he probably took a – you know, he probably he probably got a good sock in the face and and survived. But I mean, man, you would not want to get Manny Fernandez pissed yeah. off at you. No yeah. chance. Yeah, that's I, not. I, I, and and it's interesting. George talked about you can't be the same off the field as on the field. That's true. When you're on the field, it's kind of like the tiger has been uncaged. Yeah. When you're off the field, that tiger has to go back in that cage. Well, especially nowadays with all the uh, social media and and people well. taking pictures and videos and stuff, and then they they pretty much they egg these guys on. Well, so and, they can try to get a lawsuit. Here, here's the thing. I don't. I think there are a lot of players. That have a lot of problems in pro football off the field, but it's no different than what happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's just that there's more news about it because of, yeah. all, as you say, all the social media yeah. and all the Twittering and the you know Facebooking and uh, everybody's got their little cell phone and taking a video and it's just, it's over the top. Well, and if George Atkinson did something off the field, you know, people go well, suing him. I mean, how much has he got? Yeah. And now some of these guys, you know, they're, they're worth Gazillions. Well, yeah, but you know, unfortunately, a lot of them don't get the right representation, and they have their posse of friends that take advantage of them. And when they've lost all their money or a lot of it, where are their friends? They're nowhere to be seen. Here's a guy. I'm wondering what's happened to him. Alden Smith. Alden Smith played oh, yeah. with the 49ers yeah. and briefly with the Raiders. He's had some major issues with with uh, booze and you know off the field behavior. And he's basically, if you talk to the guy, he's. He's not a bad person, but he just is, you know, he's got a substance abuse problem. Yeah. It's a serious problem. I mean, he, he's had a DUI, you know, he's, uh, he's gotten into some little scrapes off the field, uh, nothing horrible, but, I mean, this guy's right on the verge of being in big trouble, and I ho- I, we haven't heard any news about him, which is good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Well, there was an article also on Refrigerator Perry. He, he really oh. let himself go. Well, again, you know, you have one great moment in a, in a Super Bowl, and it goes to your head. Now, he was a good player, but he was not a great player. But he had he played in a great team, oh, and yeah. they gave him the ball on that short run, and, and it, you know, 
you have that one moment in the sun. It's kind of like you know you're the one hit wonder yeah. that band that had that one hit back in 1962, yeah, sure. <laughs> and every, that's you can't live off that forever. No, I mean he was a good yeah. defensive. Uh, he was, he know? was, yeah. he was very good. But I'm just yeah. saying he he wouldn't have been the great defensive player without that one. That one play kind of put him over the yeah, top. Yeah, to be an, I mean a 300 something 350 yeah. pound uh, fullback. <laughs> yeah, well, and again, and in fairness to William the Fridge, I mean you're playing. He's playing in the NFL. I'm not. So I, who am I to sit there and tell him that you know he's not as great a player as as he thinks he was. He was a, he was a fine player, but again, that one big play sort of highlighted his career. Sure. And yeah, players have a tendency. We all do when well, we have a big moment to hang on to it. Well, so I don't remember before him who whatever you know defensive and carry the ball. You know, actually, that the, the guy who did it was a guy named Guy McIntyre who still works with the 49ers oh, yeah. offensive okay. lineman. Sure. Niners used him. In a running play situation, I can't remember what Bill Walsh called the play, but they used it, I believe, in the NFC title game in 1984 against, I, I was either in the, in 94, in 84, I'm sorry, I believe it was against Chicago, and Mike Ditka saw that, and he took it and ah, okay. used Lillian. Yeah, because yeah, Perry did it in 85. Yeah, so Perry, Mike yeah. Ditka okay. copied, uh, you know, Bill Walsh, and, you know, it's interesting because Bill Walsh was an innovator in so many ways. Guy McIntyre was the first offensive lineman that I can remember that actually carried the football, yeah. and I, I'm not sure if he scored the touchdown, but he, if he did, and he came very close. It was right near the goal line, and, and it was... I remember it was an astounding moment. Everybody's going, what the heck is yeah. he doing? But, you know. I mean, as long as he doesn't fumble and yeah. he's got strong legs, yeah. then, you know, I mean, it's going to be hard bringing down. How much oh, yeah. did he weigh? Yeah, he's about 250. But, I mean, uh, you, you, yes, see him, you, you see him now and uh, he looks like a, you know, a big guy, but a regular guy. He works, I believe he works in community relations. Really nice fellow. Guy McIntyre, always smiling, always an yeah. easygoing guy. I see, 250. I mean, that's, that's like a regular fullback anyway. Well, Ridge that, was no, like it, not, not 20, 30 years ago it wasn't like what, a regular 220? 220, 230. Yeah. Okay. I mean, players a, today, yeah, you know, three, this whole thing about. Is yeah, that's. <laughs> bringing that, bringing that's, down the guy with That's too big. That's but, too big. Yeah. But today, today I, again, I, I don't mean to sound like an old fuddy duddy, but today's culture is so obsessed with size. And the worst thing that pro football has done is to have these guys go in the weight room constantly and build up to a point where I know they have to be stronger and I know they have sure. to push people around, but. You know, their bones uh, can't handle the muscle. Well, that's, they, that's why on, they're right? breaking down all the time. Their yeah. joints aren't capable of, of dealing with that, and you can't stop a guy from you know the speed and the, and the power. You know, this whole obsession with with having this this uh, Adonis like body. Some of the best football, some of the best athletes I've ever seen are guys that look you know like beer league refugees, but they're great athletes. It has nothing to do with the shape of your body. What do you call them? Beer league? Beer league athletes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying that's what they look. The, the Giants had a pitcher named Rick Russell back in yeah. the 80s, and he also pitched for oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. sure. and he pitched for the Yankees, pitched for the Cubs. Yeah. And Rick pitched till he was about 41 years old, and he was a finesse pitcher. And he was actually a pretty good, believe it or not, a pretty good base runner. Not fast, yeah. but smart. Yeah. And he was about my height, about 6'5", and weighed probably about 250 pounds, yeah. and he looked like a you know he looked like a big tub of goo. I mean, like he wasn't CC Sabathia type. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, he was a great athlete. And in baseball, uh, I realize you don't have to. You know, you see some guys in the in the locker room in baseball though that that looked like they could go out and run track and field, or yeah. they've been in the gym. And you know, this whole obsession with the steroids that happened in the 90s and in aughts with Bonds and all the other people that that got out of hand. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Of the way the aughts. Well, I mean, what I do you call it? The two thousands? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like going back to ancient days. Yeah, no, aughts. it is like yeah, ancient no. times. I mean, we're in twenty seventeen now. You know, yeah. for some of these kids who are listening, you know, I, I think we go out to the Armed Forces Radio Network, yes, don't we? We do. I bet you there's some soldiers listening out there. Nineteen, twenty year old kids are going. 
God, that's a long time ago, 2002. Yeah. You know? And I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not. That's only 15 years ago. I know. And I, I, would, have, that's, I know. would have been long retired in 2002 from playing uh, baseball oh, and football. Well, that's the thing I enjoyed. <laughs> I, one thing I really loved about uh, covering sports in the 70s, 80s, and 90s is most of the athletes were right around my age. Yeah. So I had oh, an yeah. identity there. Today's athletes, I love talking to these guys. They're great, but I'm just thinking they're young enough to be my kids, and some of them are young enough to even be grandchildren. And yeah. I have a 12-year-old daughter, but I look at her and I'm thinking, you know, she's growing up fast. But I'm looking at some of these guys that are tw- – there's a guy who plays with the Boston Celtics now, uh, Jason oh – God, I can't – right off the top of my head, I can't remember. I was listening to an interview with him last night, and he's a real bright kid, and he's really appreciative of the fact that he's on a great team. 19 years old, he's getting to play with Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and the Boston Celtics on one of the best teams in the NBA. Can you imagine what that must yeah. be like? And he's good. He's a good player. He's going to be a very good player. He's not going to be a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant, but he's going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some of these kids are amazing. And who's the, the one in the Lakers? Not Lonzo Ball, but the, the guy they were comparing to Durant, the way he moves. Mm. Um, well, I, I, know you, I think I know who you're talking about. The Lakers, you know, because they've been so bad for so long, have four or five really good yeah, players. They do. And Lonzo Ball, despite his dad being such a jerk, yeah. Uh, you know, with all his bloviating, uh, he's actually going to be a very good. He already is yeah. a, a good, solid, raw player. Yep. A couple of years from now, he's going to be a very good player. All right, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about what you do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to compare, like, today compared to what mm-hmm. it was like years ago. Okay. Because when you, when you were starting out, they didn't have the computers. No, we didn't. I, thank so, God for that. Yeah. Well, well so, <laughs> sometimes I say thank God and sometimes I don't because computers do make life easy, too. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's my point is yeah. that, you know, I mean, they still had news wires, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so rip like, and read. Rip and read. Rip and read, yeah. Yeah, that's what you did. And you used uh, uh, carts, which are like, you know, the old A-track. That's what we used up until the 1990s. Well into the 90s, actually. Into the, we started using uh, discs, and then we went to, uh, to mini discs, and then we went to, uh, we had the, the smaller tapes, and then finally it just, you know, it got more and more um, into the 21st century. But I, to be honest with you, it's all the same. It's just the the to do your job well you still have to do the same the same thing you did 30 40 years ago and i don't think that's changed at all we've uh, got to gather the information gather the I information mean, present it accurately put some life into it give it some you know especially in sports because it is entertainment you know <laughs> use the verbiage that, that you have at your at your disposal use your voice if you're in radio especially and use the language. It's one thing Bill King, the great uh, Raider, Warrior, and A's announcer, taught me just through example is to learn how to, to, to paint a word picture. And I hear yeah. some people on radio today, outside, and even the news people, it's just so bland. There's not a lot of life to it. And, I, yeah. you know, I, everybody sounds kind of the same. There are people that stand out, obviously. But um, I, I don't sense a lot of passion uh, that I used to. Maybe I'm being nostalgic here, but it just seems to me that there was more of a pride in the, in the actual craft of the work. Mm-hmm. And I don't sense that anymore because everybody is so in so much a hurry to, you know, get it on the air fast, move on, move on, move on. People don't have a, a long attention span. They're, in, they're listening for 10 minutes, and then they're switching channels. Move on, move on, move on. Uh, and that just drives me freaking crazy. Uh, yeah. I had to work for a guy like that, and I understand where he was coming from. But, you know, we, we create that kind of culture, and this is yeah. why we have a distracted nation. People don't want to spend any time actually listening to well, anything. And the competition, if you don't do it, somebody else well, will. Well, yeah, that's the problem. You, you, you become like everybody else. You know, I, I hate to say it. I love where I work, and I think we're an exception, uh, the radio station where I work, because we're kind of old school. But I listen to most stations. You know, they're pre-programmed. There's not a lot of personality. 
and it's just a lot of noise and nonsense, a lot of happy talk and chatter, and it's, well, it's you like know, watch these junk food games. for the mind. <laughs> it like, is. Well, it's like when I watch these basketball games, and they got this crazy loud music that's oh, just I like, know. you know what, just let me enjoy watching the players you know why they do that, though? Because they charge you so much money, you've got to get your total entertainment package in. The game's not good enough. Now you've got to have T-shirts and dancing girls. And, well, the dancing you know, the, girls I don't mind. The T-shirts I don't mind. It's the crazy music. And it's, and it's like yeah. 500 decibels. And it's like, I know. you know, I mean, not that I'm asking for polka music. Well, this is what I'm saying. This is a problem with America today. I don't want to get off on a soapbox about this, but this is one of the big problems of our country is that we are a distracted nation. And we are distracted because we're so stressed out. And well, sports provides us an outlet for that. Well, as I say in the news, um, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Right? I mean, who right. wants to – they actually had a TV show one time when it was like good, the good news TV show. And it was, you know, uh, so-and-so's cat got rescued. <laughs> and, I mean, it just unfortunately well, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the kind of news that is really interesting is the kind of news that most people find boring because they don't have the temperament or the curiosity to really pay attention and again, yeah. I'm sounding like a, well, an the, old stuffy fuddy duddy, but I'm sorry. That's just how I see it. And and the the people in the know say the information we're going to get in the next five years is going to be double what we know now. I mean, yeah, it's but the problem the problem right is it's 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 being it's being it used to be you'd get you know waist level or hip level information in terms of depth. Now you're getting if you're lucky, you're getting ankle level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if that. And Come that's on. not enough. Come that's on, Bruce, not enough. Keep up with the Kardashians. Yeah, okay, yeah, here we yeah, go to God. another trivia Ugh. question. What former player inducted into the Hall of Fame in nineteen eighty eight would become a lawyer and later be elected to the state Supreme Court? Oh, that's a good one. And I I I'm, I'm having a brain fart. I, you'll you'll mention this. I'll give you some hints when we get oh, back. Oh, I, I, I think I do know. I, I'm, I'm I think sure I do you know. know. Yeah. All right. Don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 will be right back with some closing comments. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client 
it immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McAllen. Here is our last trivia question. What former player inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1988 would become a lawyer and later be elected to the state Supreme Court? You know, they had that purple gang with uh, Jim Marshall and Carl Eller and Alan Page. I believe it was Alan Page. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Alan yeah. Page was a – I mean, those three guys, and then they had another guy named Gary Larson who was uh, Caucasian. Those three guys were African-American, Eller, um, Marshall, and Page. And that, that – Bud Grant had a great team. They were in four Super Bowls in the 1970s yeah. and late 60s, and they lost all of them. Can you imagine? That's like the, they were the Buffalo Bills. Yes, yeah, the nineteen nineties. You know, yeah. they were the Buffalo Bills, and they haven't been back to one since the Raiders beat them in the first Super Bowl I ever got a chance to go to, nineteen seventy-seven at Pasadena. The, the Raiders beat them decisively. I mean, thirty-two to fourteen. It wasn't even that close. Yeah. So you know. yeah, yeah, very good. Jack Tatum hit hit uh, Sammy White, I believe, and knocked the ball out of his. Well, he he actually hung onto the ball, but his helmet went flying. His chin strap went flying. It was a great. It they was a call me assassin. Yeah, right. an iconic hit. All right, we're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts. Wayne Dyer said, "If you believe it'll all work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see obstacles." Mm. That's true. That is true. And Apoorv Doobie, all right, if I said that name correctly, said, "Know yourself. You are unique." priceless and a gift to this world he must have talked to my mother because she's she always said i was god's gift to the world That's sweet <laughs> hey i want to wish our armed servicemen any of those guys who are listening a, a happy holidays uh, take care guys absolutely and and gals yeah because there's right. a lot there's a lot of women in the armed services these days and, and they're and they're you know in a tough spot too some of no, them we we really appreciate that yeah we do all right and on that note tune in next week to sports econ 101 we're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective we're also going to be asking sports trivia questions and do we have a guest yet lined up let's not talk about that right now okay we'll, we'll figure we'll, it we'll out figure as we move on yeah. okay all right <laughs> i'm sure we'll have somebody interesting <laughs> we, we, not, we always do us we're interesting yeah, all right well, relatively speaking <laughs> relatively okay thanks for listening on behalf of our team uh, i'm your host edward brown we'll see you next week good night america so long